Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drink Up College Rugby Pod. My name is Zach. I'm here with Colby. You know us by now. We're established in your household. We, you know, we're, we're best of friends. Uh, but we are here today with a special MLR Draft Reaction Pod. Colby, uh, are you excited? Did you, you watch last night? Uh, you know, are you ready to get into this? Very excited, Zach. And everybody better have fat heads. Colby Marshall, Zach Lanning on their wall, screensavers saved up in your phones, our faces. Come on, you guys got to get with the program. But yeah, I loved the draft last night. Um, I really loved the viewing experience. Personally, I think that they did a phenomenal job considering the resources that we have at this moment. It was very enjoyable. I didn't feel like I was ever bored or you know wanting to change the channel. I was genuinely interested in how they were going to continue to cover it. So I am very happy with the final product of the viewing experience. And as you can see, I like the New York pick. Very excited about that player. We'll get after, more into that. For the podcast listeners, Colby's wearing his Rugby United uh, shirt he's got on. You got to have some good radio if you just, uh, they can't really see. But yeah, he's got it. He's, uh, he's repping, repping hard on that. Um, I'm going, I don't have a team. I'm going, I'm just repping Guinness on my shirt. So that's all I, that's, that's cool. all I have. That's cool. The drink up the, that's repping the drink up. Yeah. Repping ourselves. And yeah, I'll say I, I'm, we're not afraid to have our faces on merchandise or anything either. So yeah, fat heads galore. We'll have to crank those out in the, in the store. We'll get like a merch shop going. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the viewing experience as well. I'm going to take some of my own advice from the last podcast we put out. And, you know, I had a couple uh, critiques, I think, that I would make. But, you know, overall, wonderful job by the league to even get this on. Um, it's not an easy task, you know, and the fact that it was it was out on television on FS2 and then available on the Rugby Network. I know they had a slight hiccup for the international viewers earlier on in the, in the day, but they eventually got it up. And I thought Connor Mooneyham, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to see him uh, on the analysis side of things, but I thought he did a really great job for probably his first foray into, you know, television, he, he, you know, he really held his own. He had a lot of good stuff to say. He had a lot of great experience with the players getting drafted, you know, as somebody who played against them recently, he, he was a good presence to have in that booth uh, with Dan Power as well. And I think that's a big reason why they wanted to have Connor on is because you touched on it, that relationship, that experience that he had playing with a bunch of the players and playing against a bunch of those players. And the fact that he was the number one overall pick last year's draft, he understands the pressure. He understands a lot of what those guys were feeling. So it really, um, it made the draft a lot more personable for a lot of people to have him on and talking about the players and everything that was going on. Yeah, I would have liked to have it, them let it breathe a little bit more, you know, just to get even more of that analysis from from Connor and, and Dan Power and just to see a little bit more about the players some some you know the the information they put up was good but it was a little quick for me the pace was was wild at points they were kind of going really really quickly through some of these and they got to hit at certain time window well, well, i know you, but you wanted to be three hours long like the nba and nfl drafts it can't I'm be not three saying, hours long i'm not saying you know an all-day affair I, I don't i don't need uh you know 12 hours wall-to-wall coverage i'm just saying this is a big day for these guys you want to make them household names you got to put them in front of people and you got to let them know a little bit about them. There were a couple interviews before the draft with players to kind of put out some more information about them, get their personalities out there. There was only one or two, I think, post picks. Uh, you know, I would have loved to see 
everybody who got picked, and again, logistically, it's probably tough to, to pull together, but you, you got to introduce these guys to the league who are coming in. I think that there may have been some opportunity. You know, maybe they'll follow up with some stuff too. I saw a lot of teams putting out highlights, you know, after they picked individual players. So again, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, criticizing here, just my thoughts going forward. I really wanted to know more about these guys as they were coming in. And that also depends on the colleges they're coming from being better about providing stats and providing quality highlight reels. You know, that's, that's something that the colleges have to do to kind of get their players out there. And I think there's a reason, you know, you, you saw six Lindenwood players go and you saw all these players from these big time universities go because they have a much more robust setup where, you know, these guys are, are getting on the national stage more often in college and, you know, that you're able to watch quality highlight tapes from them and, and they just have a, a more, uh, again, I'll say robust again. Uh, and then the last time I'll use that word, but robust operation in terms of, you know, promoting some of their players. And I think that's when, you know, when you think about something like the rugby showcase, that's, that's why that's so important to see these players, what they really look like, you know, especially the guys that don't have those highlight tapes that they can, uh, that they can showcase. And so like the rugby showcase was huge. That's why you saw a guy like Caleb Strum go so early in the draft because he did really well in the rugby showcase. And this is a very, very early stage in all of this. Like, that's what we're talking about here. Um, growing the college game so that we can have better nights last night. You know what I'm saying? Moving forward. And I think that's what we're looking at moving forward. I, I think this is only the beginning, like I said, and we're going to have a much more, I think next year's draft is going to, just like we took a step up this year from last year, we're going to take another step up next year. And who knows, maybe they can have us, maybe, you know, we've shown the the fact that we can pull interviews, maybe we can help them out in that regard, but I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to become. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm happy to put my hand up and, and get involved as well. And, and yeah, I think we're, the sky's the limit. And I think this will motivate some of the smaller schools as well to kind of step up their game. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. I was going to say, yeah, we will see the direct impact of something like the rugby showcase, you know, in the draft. Uh, there are a couple picks that, that, you know, I think really help themselves out through that process. So without, you know, we're going to, we're going to throw the format out for this one. We're just going to kind of get right into it. Um, let's, let me just run through the picks in the first round here, Colby, and then we'll kind of go through a few of our takes from the draft results, a couple of the picks we liked that we didn't necessarily like or surprised us. Uh, but just to run through that first round, you started with Dallas who took Eric Naposki, the fullback from UCLA first overall, then Emmanuel Albert from Lindenwood went to Houston with the second pick. Uh, Tavite Lopetti from St. Mary's College and Inside Center went to Seattle. Logan Martin Feek from Canada, University of Victoria, plays fly half, went to the Toronto Arrows. Then San Diego with the fifth pick took Jonah Dietenberger, also from Lindenwood, uh, plays second row. Then Rugby United with the pick that they had traded uh, for last year with DC took Chase Shore Haskin from Life University. Then number seven, the Austin Gilgronies uh, took Caleb Strum, who you mentioned earlier, from Alabama. Then at eight, New England Free Jacks took Kale Hodgson from Lindenwood. So that's three Lindenwood players there right off the bat. Utah traded up to take Joseph Backey from Western Michigan University. He's at number eight. Then Dallas, with their second pick of the first round, took Decor Davis from Queens University of Charlotte. Another uh, skill showcase standout there. Nola, who had traded back into this slot with Utah from earlier, took George Sharp from Arkansas State, a hooker. 
Then Rugby ATL taking Isaac Bales from Jefferson Tech with the 12th pick. And L.A. rounded it out by taking the loosehead prop from Notre Dame College, Sam Klimkowski. Uh, so a solid first round. You know, any general thoughts, Colby, from, from those first 13 picks off the board? So if I'm thinking about a guy that's going to contribute right away, right, having that immediate impact, it's hard for me not to mention Emmanuel Albert out of Lindenwood University. I think he's the guy that's going to have the immediate impact in the MLR. And let's just talk about him from a character standpoint. He's somebody that seems to get it, right? He's a bright young man. He comes from a humble household and he's, he seems just like he's going to, he seems like he's ready to be a sponge wherever he goes. And then physically, you know, it's, he's a guy that just ran people over in college just because he was bigger than everybody else. Right. But I think that he'll transition very nicely into the MLR because he's more than just a big body. You know, he has that footwork, he has speed. And, you know, I think his first clip was just him giving a sick offload to one of his teammates. And, you know, after seeing that, I was like, Oh, like he knows how to play the game of rugby. You know, he's not just a big body. He's a lot more than that. So I think he's going to have an immediate impact for a Houston team that was pretty underwhelming last season that's going to need somebody to come in and contribute right away. I think they made a great pick with Emmanuel Albert, and it was a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Colby. I think he's you know somebody who could be a franchise cornerstone going forward. Like you said, great character guy on top of the fact that he's just really good at rugby as well, You know, coming from Lindenwood. Huge, you know, great athlete. Uh, Goff from uh, uh, Goff from Goff Rugby Report. Alex Goff was talking about the fact that he may not even be tall enough to play second row, but you know they may in Houston transition him into uh, the back row, play him at flank, and I think you know he could really make an impact for them there right away. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, so solid pick by by Houston there. For me, the player that I think could make an impact right away is uh, Tavite Lapetti in Seattle. You know, I think he is somebody who is pro ready at this point in, in his game, you know, very physical runner uh, plays great in, in space. I think he can, he can make an impact again in that back line, you know, give them another threat at, 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 to, to carry the ball. I think they, again, you talk about teams that are a little lackluster, a little under underwhelming Seattle had a rough season last season. They, they couldn't really generate anything on offense until much later on. Uh, but I think, you know, you pair him with some of the guys they have, there already on that on that roster he can step right in to that center spot and and give them a really power punch um, as well as providing some quality defense kind of revamping that seattle seawall you know that that really intense uh defense that they had in their their two shield winning campaigns that they were missing last year so i think that you know tevite is, is going to be was a great pick for them uh and you know great value the third overall pick from St. Mary. So I, th I think he's somebody who's going to, who's going to make an immediate impact. Uh, but my favorite pick, I'll say Colby from that first round, I think the best pick overall was San Diego taking Jonah Dietenberger. So uh, taking Emmanuel Albert's teammate from Lindenwood uh, Jonah Dietenberger at second row, you know, he, he mentioned in his interview after he got picked that he he's hoping to put on some, some weight. I think, you know, he, he needs to bulk up a little bit to make a, a huge impact right away at the MLR level. But San Diego, one thing they lacked last year was consistency in that engine room in the scrum. You know, they had Josh Furno from Italy who who played really well when he was in, but he couldn't stay in the lineup. He he struggled to to kind of keep things going, uh, to keep himself on the field. So I think to get some quality talent 
at that second row spot, somebody from, you know, who has established himself uh, at, at the college level. It's, you know, John Diedenberger is somebody who's been playing rugby since fourth grade. He started playing so early, so he's got a lot of experience with the game. I think he's somebody who San Diego is really going to, you know, appreciate the fact that they picked uh, here in this first round. And if I'm talking about my favorite pick from the first round, I think I'm going to have to go with Logan Martin Feek going forth to the Toronto Arrows. He's a fly half inside center that is like Emmanuel Albert, I think is going to contribute to them uh, right away. Not because of, I, you know, I like him as a player, but I think it's something that, you know, Dan Power mentioned it. Taylor Adams isn't going to be returning to the Toronto Arrows. So I think that he's going to be someone that you can plug, that they're going to have to maybe plug in right away. Who knows? But I think that's a really intriguing player to watch for in the MLR next year um, to see how he's going to, you know, be used for the Toronto Arrows. Yeah, I am really interested to see whether or not he does step in right away. You know, I there you don't see a lot of rookie fly halves in the league. It's usually people like Matt Gitto or, you know, uh, in in San Diego, you have Joe Peterson or it's it's guys that are that have established themselves elsewhere, you know, maybe even in Europe uh, from overseas who, who know the game because that's such a crucial spot. So it'd be really interested to see, you know, if, if they are willing to kind of throw Logan Martin Feek in there right away at such a crucial position, that would be great for, for the Canadian national team, I think. You start developing some guys at that spot, get them pro experience right away. So you you, you might see Logan Martin Feek step out there day one. Um, but, I mean, do you think, like, do you think that's a good move for Toronto to start somebody who doesn't have that experience at the pro level at, at a position like fly half? I think it's an exciting move for the league. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a great move for the team itself. But it's something that I want to see. Like, I want to see him step into the fire. It's sort of like drafting a rookie quarterback in the NFL and, you know, throwing him in there right away. Like, why wait? Maybe he has what it takes. The only way you'll find out is by throwing him in the fire. And it'll be intriguing, an intriguing storyline moving forward in the MLR. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up somebody that's more experienced at the same time. But, you know, Logan, he's the first ever Canadian selection. Uh to go in in the MLR draft. So I know that he's going to want to represent. He's going to go in there with a great attitude. So it's definitely going to be exciting. Yeah, I agree. Either way, it'll, it'll be it'll be exciting and fun to watch. Uh, speaking of surprising, I think for me, you know, we're talking about the most surprising pick of that first round. I would say there are two for me, and it was what Dallas did with both of their first round picks. You know, looking to build a, a franchise there. They had that first overall pick, and they decided to pass on Emmanuel Albert, who, you know, we had just talked about being somebody who's like could be a franchise cornerstone. Uh, and they instead went with Eric Naposki in that spot uh, from fullback from UCLA, who, you know, great player, great athlete. He's he's a winner all around. He's played four years at UCLA, been been a, a solid force for them and, and the USA U23s as well. You know, he's a very good player. But is that where you, where you want to go with your first overall pick? Uh, and then also later on, they traded in to get that second pick in the first round, taking Decor Davis out of Queens University of Charlotte. Not somebody who had necessarily been on people's radars throughout the whole year. I think a, an intriguing prospect, an exciting prospect, somebody who again showed out, I believe, at the Skills Showcase. You know, really, really uh, showed what he could do. But it, are these, you know, these are not established, I guess, picks for a franchise that is going into their first year. They're, they're taking. 
I think a little bit of a risk on, on a couple of these guys. Um, but we'll see, you know, I, 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 that's why it's, I don't think it's a bad pick necessarily. I just think it surprised me to see a, a first year franchise going with a little bit of a, a, a different approach to, to the draft. And for me, I think that the Austin Gilgronis taking Caleb Strum was the most surprising um, just because of the fact that they selected the same position last year, number one overall, and got great production out of Connor Mooneyham. They also have the likes of Roderick Waters on the team. So they're pretty deep in that position at, at wing. Caleb Strum, he's a guy that showed out apparently at the rugby showcase, and he'll have the opportunity uh, to pick the brains of Connor Mooneyham. But it was just like... They gave me kind of some Green Bay Packer vibes with Jordan Love. <laughs> Obviously, it's a completely different situation. I'm not equating this to that at all. But like I said, he's going to have the opportunity to be around great backs on Austin. I was just a little surprised that they went with that position when they could have went elsewhere. That was fun to see Mooneyham's reaction to that. You know, it's an interesting thing about having a current player in the league doing draft coverage. I thought Dan Power kind of, you know, gave him a hard time about that when they were at the desk. Uh, but he, you know, he made a great point, Mooneyham, that it's good to just get these great athletes in like himself and they can all kind of move around They're you know, they're movable parts in that back three in the back line, fullback, you have the two wing spots. So it might work out great for Austin just to get as many talented runners in, in you know, in those three spots as possible. I guess it can't hurt in the long run. You know, having dynamic two young wingers is exciting, and I think it attributes to how they want to play. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a a great watch, I think, to have them both out there on the field. It was just surprising and, that they, they that they went with the wing. You know, having dynamic two young wingers is exciting, and I think it attributes to how they want to play. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a a great watch, I think, to have them both out there on the field. It was just surprising and, that they, they that they went with the wing ultimately. Yeah. And speaking of exciting young wingers, I, I'm really excited to watch Cale Hodgson play for the New England Free Jacks next year. You know, I would, that's what was surprising to me as well about that Caleb Strum pick is that he went one pick before Cale Hodgson, who kind of had established himself, you know, in college this year, uh, played a really, had a really great year for Lindenwood. Somebody who is, you know, played rugby again his whole life in, in the UK, He's a dual citizen, so you don't need to use a foreign player spot for him. So I think New England really lucked out in that he fell to them in that slot. And they have a lot of really exciting young wings. Uh, Harry Barlow comes to mind for New England. So I'm really excited to see where Kale kind of slots in there and, and how they use him in, you know, in, the, in that spot as, as a dynamic playmaker. Yeah, and I think I'm just most excited to see what is going to happen with Logan Martin-Feek going the, to the Toronto Arrows. Again, he's somebody that might have to play right away, so I think that's going to be the most exciting storyline for me going into next year to see what they do with him. And I will say, just last note, you know, I uh, LA throughout the draft, I think really just added uh, quality pieces. I think you know the, the good got even better, or the best got even better. Uh, they taking Sam Klimkowski at the last pick of the first round, the prop at Notre Dame College. I think he's going to be a force, uh, but. Let's move into these later rounds here. Who do you think, Colby, on your end, was the best value of these kind of late round picks for a franchise? I'm going to have to go with my new, my new friend, Aaron Gray. Our you know, new friend. Our, our new, new friend, friend, Aaron Gray. Our new friend, Aaron Gray. <laughs> our new friend, Aaron Gray. 
of course, of course. I mean, but I think you know exactly what you're getting out of Aaron Gray, out of Cutstown, a bona fide stepper, Zach. That's exactly what you're getting, and I think that's what makes him the best value in the second round. He's somebody that's going to the Dallas Jackals, a startup franchise. His play style, I think, relates well to what they're trying to build. Uh, a new, you know, you saw what the LA Guiltinis did last year. Brand new franchise. They came in and they kicked everybody's butts with this exciting brand of rugby. I think Aaron Gray can contribute to something like that if that's where Dallas wants to go in their direction. But, you know, he's a player that I think, like DeMonte Noble, he can turn a broken play into something that's worthwhile. And that's what makes him so intriguing. And he should be a great pick for Dallas moving forward. I'm happy that he's going there. Yeah, they took a lot of playmakers, and Dallas did. They had so many shots at it in the draft this year. I think they did get a steal. You know, I was expecting Aaron to go in that first round. Like he said, he he's you know he's also got the physicality on defense, so he's a pretty well-rounded player. For me, the best value in these later rounds, I was shocked that Asa Carter fell as far as he did, the lock from Arkansas State. I think Austin really got a steal taking him, I mean, so far down, down the line in that second round, middle of the second round. He was somebody who was talked about, you know, going early on in the first round. He's just a physical specimen, had a great college career, loves the game, you know, somebody who's passionate about the sport. So I think he's going to make a huge impact right away for Austin. They had, again, trouble keeping some guys healthy in that in that locks position in that, in that second row spot in the scrum. So steal for them of the draft. They I think they, you know, they, they got a really great player in Asa Carter. I'm really excited to see kind of what he brings to the table, I imagine he'll start right away in Austin. So that'll be something that, you know, um, we should monitor going forward. But who do you think, Colby, out of these later rounds could surprise us down the road? Down the road, I think Darrell Williams out of Lindenwood is a guy that might surprise us for sure. You know, at 200 pounds, he's got that size to go with his speed. And I think he has the potential to surprise a lot of people. So I, I really like that pick in the second round. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, that'll be, again, a, a more of a raw athlete, somebody that we can, you know, get some pro time under his belt and see where that takes him. For me, I think it's Carmen Consolino, uh, the fly half from American International College, who Nola took earlier in the third round. You know, he's somebody who, again, playing at a, a premier position at fly half, Nola doesn't necessarily have a, an option, you know, a steady option at that position currently. I don't think you'll see Carmen Consolino play right away, but I do think he's somebody that they're excited about going forward as kind of the future of that spot. Maybe somebody who can hold down that position for them for a long time. They have a lot of dynamic athletes in, you know, in their in the center position on the wing. Uh, they have some great scrum halves as well. Damien Stevens is really exciting for them, and obviously their strength is their pack. So if they can find a playmaker at that 10 spot, somebody who can, you know, kind of control the game for them and, and make those connections between the forward pack and the back line and start moving that offense forward. If he's their fly half of the future, I think they got a steal in, in the third round here. Yeah, I see. That's a great rugby school. We kicked their butts a couple of times, but it was always <laughs> fun playing those guys. Yeah, I think, again, yeah, somebody from, yeah, solid college career, had some good solid coaching and, and somebody I'm excited to to watch. But you know, who do you think overall, Colby, who, what team do you think came out of this in the best position? Who do you think won the draft, we'll say? I got to go with the Dallas Jackals. I think having the flexibility to choose whoever they want from that number one overall selection really gave them a blueprint to build their team from uh, going into their inaugural season. And, you know, 
I think the dynamic ability of Eric Naposki and Aaron Gray gives them a dynamic that they can work with, a sort of identity as a team that they can build from. So I, I give the edge to Dallas just because, you know, they were able to really dictate what they want to look like moving forward. So I think the Jackals won this draft. And for me, it's another Texas team. I think Houston, you know, franchise that really needed to win this draft won this draft. I think with the fact that Emmanuel Albert fell to them at the second pick, they were probably jumping up and down in their, in their, you know, war room. It's super excited about being able to get somebody of his caliber in at, at that second pick in the first round. But then I think they nailed it going through as well. I mean, they took his teammate, Tanashi Machina, who is the, the eight man, was actually the captain of Lindenwood over Emmanuel Albert last season. Somebody who fell in the draft because he is going to require a, a foreign player slot. He's going to take up a slot for a team. But a, a proven leader on the field, a difference maker at a key position at number eight, somebody who can you know run the forward pack uh, really well for Houston. So he, he's going to be make a huge impact for them. And then Dylan Shotwell at hooker in the final round for them, I think, is a quality player. Somebody talked about you know earlier rounds as well out of Sam Houston State. He could be an impact player for them as well at that hooker spot. So kudos to to Houston, you know, taking. Taking the sure thing, you know, at this point in the Lindenwood guys who just, you know, what you're going to get from them, quality, quality players who I think are both going to be able to step in right away and, and, and make a huge difference. So this is a great first step for Houston into turning things around for them. And I'm really excited to see, you know, how these players kind of make an impact on that squad next year. And hopefully they can they can start to uh, to, you know, turn things around. I think they will, you know, led by a guy like Emmanuel Albert, I think they'll be able to turn things around next season and become a different team, become a different team and have something that's exciting uh, for the fans uh, <clears throat> in regards to these players. But what do you think about us trying out next year, Zach, going out for the rugby showcase, entering our names in that MLR draft? I saw a guy that got, he was 26 years old. We're, I'm going to be 26 next year. I'm down. I think, I think. You have to have played rugby at an accredited college in the U.S. the prior year. So we may have to re-enroll somewhere, play a season at like, a, you know, a JUCO somewhere. We'll do like NFL style, you know, like Cam Newton or somebody. We'll get We'll enroll at a small college, dominate, and then get, yeah, get to the skills showcase. I, I mean, before we do this, though, I'm going to have to lose about 20 to 30 pounds. So give me a little bit to get in shape. I've been doing Orange Theory Fitness. But I think we could we could probably you know pull it off, Colby. I say one two in the draft next year, you and me. One two, I like it. I like it. And if I'm not mistaken, Zach, I don't think that you need eligibility to be picked up as a free agent. That is true. We could sign with anybody today. They could come knocking. <laughs> this is a mine. You're under mine. Official, you know, announcement that we're available. We are hella available uh, for anybody who wants to pick us up. Hella available. <laughs> That's that was all my dating profiles. Uh, that was my tagline. So, uh, just hella available for anybody who wants to, to you know, come by and and, and sign us to anything. We're we're here. We're ready. Awesome. Any, uh, oh, go ahead. Any final thoughts on the draft, though, Colby? This year's players. You know, before we start talking about next year already with our our candidacy. Any final thoughts to wrap up here? Yeah, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the experience of the entire thing. I think that this draft is rather deep. I think uh, every team got good value uh, somewhere. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of these guys 
produce right away, in my opinion. I think that they had the privilege of, not the privilege, but the benefit of seeing last year's draft and seeing how the likes of Mooneyham and uh, DeMonte Noble, and you know he's not somebody that got drafted, but how they all transitioned into the MLR. They can kind of not only pick these guys' brains a little bit if they have relationships with them, but they can see what, uh, you know, what it took to to have an impact at the MLR level. And so I think that they're going to benefit from being the second group that's going, and we should see some good things out of these guys. Yeah, I think it's a really encouraging sign that they are able to, you know, add a full round to this year's draft from last year, and it was still chock full of talented guys, which just means – you know, there are a lot of, of players in college who are excited about getting into the MLR, and that means there's a lot of talent out there. And I'm excited to even see who gets signed now after the draft. I think a lot of there are a lot of guys that were probably deserving of having their names called, you know, that that didn't for various reasons. So we'll see how that how that process plays out. And yeah, I, I'm excited, you know, for for these prospects going forward. I can't wait to track them through the league. And then I can't wait this year, Colby, for you and I to kind of get a sense of who is coming up in the league for next year you know we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna be following on the college level you know we're gonna, we're gonna have a much better idea of, of who these guys are coming into the draft next year because when, when, we'll have a, a season of, of play hopefully knock on wood at the college level you know so that'll be really fun as well um but that's that's all we got i think for the draft uh this year this draft pod thanks for tuning in remember to rate review subscribe like share push it out tweeted us put us on your screensaver put us on your screensaver uh we got some stickers we'll send out if you want them just uh, dm us about that we can get those to you uh, but yeah anything you can do engage with us in any way we're always happy to talk rugby uh, especially college rugby the draft whatever you guys want to do so colby thank you again so much for this it was uh, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it's always a lot of fun doing this with you zach and i'm excited to have matt mccarthy on next week to talk a little bit more about the draft and get a little more in-depth about everything that's going on. So I'm looking forward to that. But hope you guys have a great weekend, and we can't wait to talk with you guys next week. Go Saders! Go Gales! Go Rugby Night in New York! But go Gales! Roster John Powers, Utah! (laughs) 